Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. That's right. In the words of our queen, Celine Dion, a new day has come here on Everything Iconic. The scandal is over. Saving! And we are now diving headfirst into the real houses of Orange County, or should I say the house that Hip and Casita built? Because Hip and Casita, of course, is Emily and Gina, and somehow, inexplicably, they are still standing after five-plus seasons. I cannot believe it, although I'm ready to embrace, finally, the Hip and Casita era. Of course, Tamara Judge is back after a couple seasons hiatus. She came back on that motorcycle, just riding that Harley like she was uh, in a season premiere of Sons of Anarchy, just riding in that motorbike. And I am so excited for the season. It's the refreshing thing that we needed after the scandal, because I don't know if you all felt this, but it was getting so heavy, so much, so time-consuming to cover the scandal. I am just happy to be uh, sitting and hanging out with Terry in that wheelchair and had Champs Bro and Shannon Storms. You know, I didn't even care for Shannon, but I was so happy to just see that woman on my screen because I felt like we had had enough with the scandal. And so I'm super excited to talk about The Real House of Orange County, which we'll get to in a second. We got some housekeeping to take care of. First and foremost, The Real Housewives of New York are currently filming their spinoff series. It's going to be an ultimate girls trip. It's going to be Ramona, Luann, Sonia, Kelly Kalor and Ben Simone, Dorinda, and then inexplicably Kristen Takeman. Uh, I don't understand how Crispin Takeman fills in to that group. However, all them gals, they're over on Scary Island filming an Ultimate Girls Trip. And I'm just so excited. I I slept, honestly, the last couple of nights, I've slept better than I have in weeks. I hadn't been getting good sleep. And at first I thought it was because of the scandal. But what I came to realize is I actually was just sleeping soundly because I knew that the Real Houses of New York gals were filming again. And so I just felt at peace knowing that somewhere on an island, Dorinda Medley is terrorizing Kelly Clark at Simone because that's what I need to see. The fact that we haven't had Dorinda on TV in upwards of a year. I think the last girl's trip that was at her house where they shoved everyone into Bluestone Manor and made them sit there for a couple weeks, that it premiered a year ago. And so I've been missing them so, so much. And there is one thing that I don't think we've talked about here on Everything Iconic when it comes to the Roni of it all. Because they have this new Roni that's going to be premiering next month in July. Now, I'm very excited. They got a diverse cast. I think it's going to be a great cast. However, there is something that I'm nervous about. Not only am I nervous that we're not getting our main gals in a full season of a show, because the girls' trip that they're filming is probably going to be a, a small amount of episodes, right? But the main new Roni cast, I'm concerned that... If it is very successful, which we want everyone to succeed, right? However, the thing that I think nobody is talking about is that if it does succeed, Bravo is going to be encouraged to do this with all of our other franchises. And I am nervous about that. Think about it. Business-wise, doesn't it make sense for Bravo to have a new cast? Because the cast is going to be much cheaper to do with a new group of women. Because obviously, these people who have been around for 10-plus years, they get a pay bump every season. And I wouldn't, um, I would imagine that the cast budgets gets out of control when you have these casts like Orange County or Jersey, people who've been around for so long. And so it makes financial sense or business sense to have a whole new group of women that you could pay first season starting salaries instead of people who have been around a hundred years. How much was Ramona's paycheck a season? How much is Teresa Giudice's paycheck per season? They got to be astronomical. So it's much cheaper for them to do it this way. So if it uh, succeeds over in New York, I think there's a world where they're going to start doing it with Orange County. They're going to start doing it with the Real House New Jersey. I mean, uh, we just got through with part three of the Real House New Jersey reunion. And a lot of people are saying it was so heavy, so toxic. So what's to stop Bravo if this Roni experiment is successful? And I am nervous about it. I feel like nobody's talking about it. 
because we're all, of course, excited and we're ready to see some new women and meet some new gals. But I am concerned that this is a, a dangerous territory that we're stepping into. And so I'm nervous about it. I'm nervous. I'm nervous. But anyway, we'll see. It's going to be here in a, a month or so. We're going to have the Real House in New York. And I hope the season's good. And of course, I'm rooting for it. But I get nervous with these new shows. They got that new Dancing Queen show. And that's one of those shows where I'm like, I'm not nervous about because even just seeing the promotional footage, it's like you can tell that it's not going to be around for very long. It's like that show Camp Getaway that I watched. It was like, remember Bravo did the adults on the campground, which I was the only person who watched. And I kept telling people, you got to watch Camp Getaway. But it was clear, even as it was airing, that Bravo didn't give a shit because they weren't having cast members on the Watch What Happens Live. And and so you could just get a feeling that it's like, oh, this is a one and done, right? So like, I better not even get involved. And that's how I feel about the Dancing Queens show, where it's like, they've never, they're not going to be on Watch What Happens Live. Like, they're just sort of burying the show. And you could, even if you're out there and you're watching Dancing Queens and you love it, I've heard really good things. I'm sure people who are watching it love it. But you can tell, you get the vibe or that, remember that? show about them young gals in Paris, where it was like a bunch of young women in Paris buying baguettes. It was like, I could get the feeling, even as that was airing, I'm like, this isn't going to season two, so why am I even going to bother? And that's the vibe I'm getting from Dancing Queens. However, the bright spot, and speaking of spinoffs, the bright spot on Bravo right now, which I don't know if you're watching it, but you need to be, and it's Summer House, Martha's Vineyard. You gotta be watching this show. It's uh, six episodes in, I think. It's a spinoff of the other Summer House, but I think Martha's Vineyard Summer House is hitting way better than that original one. I think you need to be watching it. Buckle up and watch the six episodes that have aired and get on board because I think it's going to stick around because also they've had the cast and watch what happens live. I think it'll be around next season. It's doing well, I think, and people are really enjoying it. So I, you know, it's one of those that we should probably start embracing because that's going to be sticking around. I feel it. It's, I I do sometimes feel like I can be a Bravo Oracle. You know, I I have a little bit of that psychic powers when it comes to Bravo. I might not know a lot, but I can tell when a show's going to go the distance. And so I think Martha's Vineyard is here to stay. Dancing Queens, not so much. Although I have been wrong in the past. Again, I watch every episode of Camp Getaway. Moving on. Uh, I, yes, so I'm very, I'm very excited about Martha's Vineyard. I'm excited about Roni. Uh, and speaking of Roni, the last thing I want to say is that Roni, they actually stole a tagline of Dorinda's. So Dorinda, had come up with this tagline where she's like, if I'm uh, I'm on pause now and then I'm going to hit and play or something. And she said this tagline on the short-lived Nick Cannon show. She had said if she ever came back, that would be her tagline. And then word for word, Bravo used the tagline for Tamara Judge on The Real Houses of Orange County. I cannot believe they did that. And Tamara has come out and said she didn't even want that tagline because she knew it was Dorinda's. And so I don't think there was any beef among the gals about it. However, it was shocking to me when I heard the Orange County taglines. I thought, oh, my God, I swear I've heard that before. And, of course, I did hear that before with Dorinda Medley. She had used that as tagline on The Nick Cannon Show if she – when he asked if she ever were to come back, it was like word for word. And so I couldn't believe that Bravo did that. I was shocked. I was shocked. But anyway, I'm happy that Dorinda's over there filming. The fact that Sonia Tremont Morgan would go any amount of time, let alone a year. It's been a year since uh, the last Ultimate Girls trip, which Sonia wasn't even on. But that was at Dorinda's house. Remember, they loaded everyone in Dorinda's Bluestone Manor and then filmed them and lit <laughs> They had a gas leak and then filmed them all there. Um, it was a metaphorical gas leak. But that was the last time we've seen Dorinda. And Sonia is coming back on a spinoff coming very soon. But Sonia hasn't been on TV for quite some time. And neither has Luann and Ramon. It's like the fact that these women haven't been on TV for a while is shocking and unacceptable. Unacceptable. Anyway, uh, shall we get into this week's episode of The Real Housewives of Orange County? Let's play a little clip from this week's episode and then we'll talk all about it. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a minute. Because okay. I think out of all these women, you and I are probably the most similar. Yeah. Do you think that you're holding on to this animosity and this hurt and you don't want to give an inch towards Shannon and maybe you have to l- let some of that anger go? <laughs> 
Okay, so that was a clip of Tamara sitting down with Hip, Emily. Now, if you haven't listened to the Real House of Orange County recaps here and everything iconic, Emily Simpson is Hip, Gina is Casita, Shane Simpson is Bar. I'm trying to think of some other ones. Well, we got nicknames for all the gals, or a lot of the gals. Storms Bador, we got Champs Debro. I mean, so just uh, keep up if you can, and hopefully throughout the season you'll you'll get there. But uh, what's so fascinating to me about Hip is that she sat down with Tamara, and she's like, you and I are the most similar. And I was like, in what world? <laughs> like, <laughs> in what world? Okay, first of all. Second of all, the thing that's so funny about Hip and Casita is that every season – Every single season, they've been around five plus years now. I think it's six, five seasons, six seasons. I'm not sure, but it's been a while, inexplicably. And yet every single season, I feel like they sit down with the gals who have been around for a really long time and have the same conversation of, we didn't get a chance to know each other before. Like, we never really got a shot to know each other. I feel like I've heard Emily Simpson say that at least 10 times since she's joined the cast. And same with Gina. They sit down with Shannon. They sit down with Tamara. They sit down with Heather. And every single season, it's the same conversation. of Like, we haven't really had a chance to get to know each other. And I'm thinking, like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you haven't had the chance to get to know each other? You've filmed together a whole seasons, and you didn't get a chance to get to know each other? Like, there's a problem there where you're having to keep saying that you didn't get a chance to get to know each other. And then hearing her say this week to Tamara, like, oh, you and I are the same. I'm like, in what world are you two the same? Like, I do not feel like they're the same. But they keep coming back, and I'm ready to embrace, fully embrace the hip and casita era of the Real House of Orange County, because for too long, I think we've all been wondering, how did they come back? Like, how are they back for another season? I mean, I've been saying Gina on the show, she hasn't really hosted many events. I think she had that one skincare launch, maybe last season. But outside of that, Gina hasn't really offered many things that she's hosted. Now, we I've complained about that for seasons on Everything Iconic. And this year, on the second episode this week, we had Gina finally hosting a party. She's like, I got a boat. Or she said it in that accent where it sounds like there's peanut butter in her mouth. Well, I got a boat. <laughs> My Gina impression's terrible. But, you know, she's always sounds like she's got marbles in her mouth. And, well, I go out also, yeah, that's my friend's yacht. And then she invited everyone on the yacht. And then we come to find out she gets COVID, and she's like, okay, Hip, can you just take over the party for me? Now, here's what I think happened. I think Bravo heard us all complaining about the fact that Gina has never hosted a party. So they're like, okay, you're going to host this party, and just we'll get the boat. They rented a boat. Production got a boat from somewhere. And they were like, we'll pretend that you're the one hosting this boat, or it's your friend whose boat. And then, of course, Casita got COVID, unfortunately. She seemed good, though, which was good. Uh, but she got COVID and couldn't go on the boat. And so then they had to pivot, and she was like, well, I'll just tell Emily that she could have pretend it's her boat. But it didn't make any fucking sense. And I believe that was production setting up Casita to finally host an event. And then, of course, things went awry, and then she still had to pretend. And I just imagine all the other women are thinking, like, why do we have to pretend that Gina's, this is her boat, or this is her friend's boat? Meanwhile, it was like, where the fuck was her friend? Like, friends just gave you the yacht? I don't buy it for one second. Even if it was true, I don't buy it. People, you know, Bravo can come and say that it was not them that booked this yacht, but I do believe it was them who booked the yacht. I will not be bamboozled. I will not be bamboozled. You know who else was bamboozled was Heather DeBrow because she didn't want to go on that little ass yacht. You know, <laughs> when she hopped on board to that yacht, she was not singing yacht rock in her head. She was pissed because there's no reason that Heather DeBrow couldn't have gotten a bigger yacht. I believe that if it was her event, she would have gotten us a real nice yacht. Not to say that I personally would have loved to have been on that yacht, but on the housewives, it seemed small and it was windy. And just watching all of them trying to hobble around on that boat and try to find new places and production, you know, just kept being like, okay, now you two go have a conversation here. But it wasn't, it wasn't super big. It felt like one of them yachts on the below deck series, the small ones, the sailing yacht ones. And I just wish they had a bigger yacht. But you know, Heather was pissed because she would have gotten a big ass yacht. She, there was no, she wouldn't have had that small ass yacht. Uh, okay, Jen, we didn't talk about Jen much last season. Jen is the new woman. She is married to this guy, Ryan. Now, I don't know if I'm having a Pavlovian, what is that, Pavlovian response? Do you know what that is? Where it's like you're trained for so long to have a typical response to something. 
And I feel like Bravo has given me this Pavlonian business. I have this response to Jen because I feel like we've had a hundred Jens. Last season, we had this woman, Jen, Dr. Jen. She filled people up with fillers and Botox or something. She, remember, she was married to Ryan. Remember that man who just took out one of the vowels of his name and then went by it as Ryan? Anyway, so we had that woman, Jen, last season. And then, of course, she didn't show up again this season. And I feel like we got pretty much the same version of her this season with this new Jen and a different Ryan she's married to. And at a certain point, like, I just can't learn about new Jens who are married to Ryans. Like, I just can't. My my brain is not processing. So every time that this Jen was on screen, I was just complete. Was anyone else zoning out? She might be a great addition, but I am just zoning out. I'm like, is she even going to be around for another season? Like, why do? And I don't even get good vibes from her. The times that I am paying attention to her, there's something I'm. I'm. Something's amiss. Something's afoot. Something is afoot. I'm just. I, something's afoot. I don't know what else to say. Something's afoot. Something I say. I, I can be a little bit of a Bravo Oracle. And something I'm getting a bad vibe. I'm not sure what it is. Maybe I'm wrong. But I'm feeling something's afoot with this new gen. But I haven't really been paying much attention, even when she's in these scenes with her kids. And I guess she seems like a great mom, but she's like explaining her kids. And I'm just like completely blacking out every time she's in a solo scene. I'm just, it, my eyes are glazing over and I'm just not even able to pay any attention because I'm like, who is this woman named Jen? I just got to know a Jen. I mean, think about all the people in Orange County that we've gotten to know for the past three plus seasons, and then they're gone after one season. I mean, I'm still trying to process the trauma, or as Jamie Lee Curtis says, the trauma of that woman who was impossible. Remember that woman who was maybe in a cult or something? It was like that weird COVID year. And then, of course, we had that Jen last season when they had Noella. And Noella, I, I felt like I haven't barely got my bearings after the Noella season. And now Noella's suddenly gone. She was married to the Sweet James and I felt like all last season I got to know this Noella woman, and I was sort of excited about Noella. I kind of wish they would have kept Noella in the mix a bit, because it, she was a bit of a wild card, and I understand people didn't like her. And Heather essentially fired her at the reunion last season, remember? She said, well, we probably won't see each other again, or something like that. <laughs> remember, no, I remember Noella and Heather at the very end of last season's reunion, it was like, Heather's like, well, if we have to see each other again, like we could maybe move forward. And it was like, that was Heather basically saying, like, you're being fired. Anyway, Heather, by the way, too, is like, I think one of the best housewives. And here's why. Even most of the time, I don't like Heather. However, I think Heather is like the fun kind of housewife to hate. Like, I don't feel super gross hating her. I think she's like that perfect mix of like love to hate. And so that's why I like Heather, Heather Dubrow. But anyway, I'm trying to get all to know all these people and then they're gone the next season. And it's like, I need them to stick around for a little while or, or else when they introduce new people, then I'm not going to want to get to know them because that's what's happening with this Jen woman and all her kids and stuff because I can't understand. And then she had that taco night this week, the taco night. And I was so focused on, they kept doing this bit where they were like, it's not a real taco night. And do you know what I'm saying? Do you remember this scene where it was like the new woman, she had the whole family and she was serving tacos and they were doing this bit as if they weren't serving tacos. And I felt like I was fucking nuts, you guys, because I'm looking at the countertop and they had taco shells. They had two types of cheese. They had like the crumb or the shredded cheese and they had some sort of cheese sauce. I also saw a jar of salsa on this table and they had chips. So they had the taco shells and the chips. And so they were like, okay, kids, it's taco night, but not really. And they kept saying not really and like doing this bit of like, there weren't really taco. It wasn't really taco night. And I guess they were saying that because maybe they, I guess they didn't have lettuce. But, but I was like, you pretty much have everything else for tacos. Like, why are we acting like this isn't an actual taco night? Do you get what I mean? Like, that's the vibe. They kept doing this bit about not really being taco night. I was like, it is taco night. You got everything there. What are you, what are you missing? Some lettuce. I mean, come on. They had everything else to make a good taco. So they were acting like it was so nuts that they did, so crazy that they didn't have lettuce for their tacos. Did I pick up on that differently than everybody else? I don't know. Uh, okay, so this uh, week, we open on the country club with the new Jen. She meets up with Hip and Casita. Now, Hip and this new woman, they connect because Hip is a Midwest queen. She's from Ohio. You know, I love the Ohio connection. And uh, her and Emily connect on being small towners. And Casita comes in. She's late, but she says she stopped drinking. She's California sober, so she's doing the weed. And then Jen starts talking about fostering kids or something. Again, I'm just completely... 
I don't, I'm zoned out every time she's talking. And again, maybe she's, maybe that's on me. I need to focus up. I need some sort of, uh, what's that, Ginkgo Jinoba or what's that? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking What's that supplement that's supposed to make you focus? I think I need that for every time that she's on screen because I'm not focusing. But again, something's amiss. I find her sneaking. I don't know what, I don't know. You know, Noella, last season, she was a little nuts, but I felt like she was upfront about it. And something about this Jen where I'm feeling like she could be a little nuts, but she's not being upfront about it. And it's leaving me uneasy. Leaving me uneasy. Anyway, um, there is some confusion over Jen maybe was cheating or something. And Casita's upset about it because she's like, I've been cheated on in my marriage. And so uh, Casita and Jen, they're obviously setting up a feud between those two. And I'm excited for it. Very excited for it. But this is where Casita uh, introduces her boat party. She says, I'm going to have a last flamingo party, which, again, was probably not even on her boat. It was something that was, I'm assuming, booked by production. And Hip tells Casita that she's got to do games on boat. And so they set up these games, but then none of the games came to fruition. So what happened with them games? Why did they say they were going to have these games, and then they didn't have no games on the boat? They just And that that boat was chaotic to me. It was so windy. It was stressing me out. It was really stressing me out. I felt like I needed a Xanax or a St. John's Ward, speaking of supplements, because I was stressed out on that boat when it was windy. I don't like when we're filming in the wind. I Something about filming in the wind, it's happened on these shows a time or two, where we're in the middle of a scene and usually happens on the boats. I think it happened on one of the girls' trips. And they're trying to get the scene done, but then it's just windy everywhere. And I never feel more stressed out than when I'm watching a windy scene on The Real Housewives. I mean, it's just wind everywhere. Can't get our bearings. The women are in heels, and they're about to fall off the boat. And they're just thinking, like, get me off this fucking boat. And it's stressful. It's stressful. But they would even end up doing the games on the boat, thank God. Because the last thing we need to see is party games. I don't want to see... Uh, Shannon Bador, Shannon Storms, whatever the fuck her name is now. I don't want to see her having to play pin the tail on the flamingo because we're doing a flamingo event on a windy ass boat. It's just not what I'm interested in seeing. So I was grateful to whoever PA didn't bring on them uh, boat games. <laughs> they left them ashore or someone had threw them overboard. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, Tamara Judge, she knows how to make this show. She knows how to produce. I wouldn't be surprised if she just threw them games overboard. Because as she knows, she knows that the audience, we don't want to see. Remember on Dallas, they tried to play all them stupid games with toilet paper and salsa, and nobody was interested. It was the worst episode of TV I've ever seen in my entire life. And over on Orange County last season, I think we did the games too. Remember Hip had some event where she was doing all the games? And so Tamara came back on that motorcycle, and she threw out all them games. She's like, we're not playing a fucking party game. No pin the tail on the donkey, none, none of it. So I bet you she was the one that threw it overboard because she knows what we want. And so that's why that's why she's back because we had too many seasons where they were just playing these bullshit party games that nobody cared about. And so I am grateful to Tamara. If she's the one who threw them overboard, which I'm going to attribute to her, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Then we see Heather. Okay, this is okay. Okay, pull over for driving because I got to talk about this scene. Heather and the professional organizer, Amanda, plus her assistant and the two kids, Max and Nikki, they are getting ready. Heather's getting ready to send them off to college. Now, last week on the show, remember, Heather was talking to Casita about going to college, and Casita was like, oh, I just went to, I put up a poster of my old closet. And then this week in the show, she said, in my dorm, I just uh, took out a Bed Bath & Beyond coupon, and then I went to Bed Bath & Beyond, I don't know, a poster for my wall. And she's right, first of all, and she should say it, because when I went to college, too, it was like, you just threw up a poster on the dorm uh, wall. I remember, I think I, my sophomore year roommate had the Jessica Simpson Rolling Stone cover poster, and he liked it because he was sexually attracted to her. I liked it because it was Jessica Simpson, and I was thinking about her pop career. But that's what you did in our day, right? Or everyone had, I remember when I was a freshman, everyone had the old school Will Ferrell poster, like from the movie Old School. There were just like a handful, or the Animal House poster. It's like every dorm had that. Now, with Heather DeBrose kids, it's a different era. And I'm not part of the Gen Z, I get that. But this room that they have all the professional organizers in, it had so much fucking junk in it. And it seemed so wasteful to me. What was this, like a garage? It was like a whole room in the house with just like extra supplies. And I was so blown away by this. I noticed them TI-83 calculators. Do you know those calculators? I feel like for, in my day, which I sound like old, in my day, we used to have that calculator for 100 years. I still, My parents still got that calculator in their house. 
and you just had the same one for the whole time you were in schooling and needed a calculator like that. Now, those calculators were expensive. That's why my mom, it, we're thrifty in our household. It was like, you take care of that shit. You cover it up. You put some protective layering. When I went to grade school and high school, you used to have to put every protective layer on all your shit. So remember, it was like you'd get put the brown paper bags, you'd cover your books, textbooks with the brown paper bag, and then you'd laminate them, and you had to protect all your goods, all your wares. And so we had to protect the shit out of that TI-83 calculator. And mine was a hand-me-down for my brother, but it was just like, you protected that shit with your life. Because Linda Pellegrino is not going to just go out and buy another $100 calculator. Dan, what are you doing to your calculator? Cover it up. Put some saran wrap on it or something, Dan. I remember getting ready for school. She's like, do something with that calculator. Got to cover it up. Because the textbooks, you all knew how to cover with the brown paper bag. You got to put something on that. So we put some laminate on our calculator, right? I remember you put it on the case and then the case would go over top of it. And, but Linda Pellegrino, she said, cover it up with, get some tinfoil on that or some saran wrap, Dan. You got to cover that. What are you doing with your calculator? Throwing it around willy nilly. Make sure it's protected. Not buying you another calculator. You have to add up by yourself. You lose that calculator. Fuck that calculator up. You know, so Linda wasn't having it. But here at Heather DeBrose's house, they got them TI-83 or whatever number they're on. I don't know. Was it 83, 93? I don't know what fucking number it was. But them TIs were just all over the place. Them TIs were just all over the fucking place, just all in that garage. I, they were all packaged. And I'm just thinking, they are just buying $100 calculators willy-nilly. And I'm like, they would have had one in high school. They should have taken good care of it. They could have just taken the one they had to college. I know she's got all them other kids. But I just feel like this is a wasteful room. And I'm sorry to say it, but this is a wasteful area. And I'm going to need somebody to get in there and just take stock and maybe get rid of some of this shit. I mean, we get a Homeland Security up in there because I need her to just embrace savings. Savings! I need her to embrace that because there was too much junk there. It was like I was walking into a Costco or a Sam's Club. Like, what was that? Everything was, it was wild. I would love to go shopping in that room. She should just do like a, I don't know, can you do a yard sale with that house that big? I feel like she should do a yard sale or something and just open up that garage or whatever that fucking room was and just say, go have at it. But it just seems wasteful. I know she sold that house. She's being wasteful. And somebody needs to call it out because there's too much shit there. It's too much brand new shit. And those kids, I'm worried about them because you get spoiled when you have all that shit there, free willy-nilly. And so they're too young, too impressionable. Maybe if they were older and had access to all that free shit, I'd feel differently. But they're impressionable young children. And the children are our future. And I believe that. And so they need to get a, uh, they need to get themselves in check. And so I would uh, encourage her. It would behoove her to just get rid of some of that junk. And I'm not saying throw it away. I'm saying you need to give it to people who need it. And maybe I missed something with the scene. You know, I'm watching this show and taking notes. And so maybe I missed the part where she's like, we're going to donate all this stuff to somebody. Or maybe I missed the part where she said, this isn't our, I don't know. But it looked to me like there were a bunch of TI-83 calculators that were packaged up in the box and I thought they would have needed that in high school. So what the fuck are we need a brand new one for college now? They need to save onto that. They need to wrap with some saran wrap and take better care of their goods. Because when kids get too much, they don't take care of the things that they have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to get into this my soapbox here. But somebody needs to figure it out. Anyway, while Heather Dubrow is in that room of her junk, she is getting phone calls left and right from Shannon Storms and from Tams. And they're both like, yeah, I'm going up to meet with the other person. So Shannon and Tamara were going to meet up, and it was going to be the sit-down of the century. So they were getting ready to go, and they were calling up Heather Dubrow. And Heather Dubrow is going to get in the middle of it. I feel it. But they were calling her, saying, I'm so nervous, and they were going to meet. Now, we got to talk about this meeting. I mean, this meeting, before we get into it, we're going to take our break here. We're going to come back. I want to thank ACAST. I also want to let you know that those live Everything Iconic tour tickets are selling out. So uh, already Philly and uh, Chicago and New York are sold out. There are limited tickets. They just opened up new tickets to Cleveland and Nashville, but those are going quickly. So get Cleveland and Nashville. They just opened new tickets. If you tried to get tickets, they got new tickets there. And then there are also tickets available to, who am I missing, D.C. and San Francisco. So get the tickets. They're going quickly. Everythingiconic.com at the top of the page. There's a live show link. You can click on that, and then I'll have the links to all the tickets. Just um, go over there, everythingiconic.com, and we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back.
Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire, and you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everything iconic. And we're back. Okay, the Shannon and Tamara sit down. I was so excited about this. They teased it at the end of the season premiere last week, and I was waiting on the edge of my seat for the explosions to happen between Shannon and Tamara. That ultimately never happened. I was a bit let down. Did anyone feel that way? I uh, First of all, do not think that these two would be friends if the show wasn't happening. Obviously, Shannon stopped talking to Tamara after she was fired from the show, and then now has to talk to her again because Tamara was rehired by Bravo HQ. And so I don't believe, actually, that I, I mean, truly, I don't believe that any of them be friends without this camera crew following them around, but certainly not uh, these two. It was very clear. We learned in the off season, and Tamara was pissed. She thought that Shannon was a real life friend, but I don't actually think Shannon would be real life friends with any of these gals. I'm sorry. And I do not care for Shannon. However, I do recognize that she's great for the show. So I love watching her. I find her completely exhausting. And that's often controversial. You guys yell at me because there's a lot of Shannon stands out there. And I just do not care for her. And that's okay. We're all not supposed to like everybody on these shows. And we have our faves and we have the ones we don't like. And we go on a roller coaster. Sometimes we like them. So as of right now, I do not care for Shannon Storms. But who knows? By the end of the season, it might feel differently. But in terms of the sit down, it just seemed to go nowhere. Tamara said that Shannon did check in a couple times, but ultimately, Tamara was always there for Shannon, then Shannon never reciprocated. And then there's always been this thing about Shannon, like calling people in the middle of the night hysterical. And remember that? That's been a thing for a couple seasons. I don't remember all the other times it's come up, but the women have alleged, multiple women, not just Tamara. But that Shannon calls like crazy in the middle of the night and is like always going through all this craziness. And so I would imagine that would be exhausting as a friend. And so I think Tamara was probably better off. But now Tamara and Shannon they have to find common ground because they're filming the show together. But so I was expecting this sit-down lunch to just be this explosive scene. And then ultimately, Shannon just says, let's move forward and see if there's a way we can repair uh, and then Tamara says, who knows what the future will hold? And then they hug and Tamara just leaves, calmly walks away. And I thought, girl, where do you think you're going? Where do you think you're going, going? Girl? Girl, where do you think you're going? 
where do you think the fuck you're going? Like, we need you to sit down and engage. It was just a little bit boring. It was a little bit boring, but you know, it's only episode two. And so, and we're granting the grace, but I was a little bit disappointed because also I just, they felt like they built it up too much with that scene showing uh, the coming attractions last week. And I just thought, what are we doing here? What are we doing? And where are you going? I just was expecting more explosions. Um, so then we do have that taco night, which we already discussed the fake taco night or whatever the fuck that was. Jen's shirt in that scene said, I will burn sage and bridges as needed. Everyone has a story. She is drinking Diet Coke. She did have Diet Coke at dinner. So at least I got to give her that. At least I got to give her that she was drinking Diet Coke. You know, I love Diet Coke, gal. But I do feel like something's afoot. And the the kid, she was reading to her kid, too. I love when they read to the kids. I don't know. That's what I want kids most for is just so I can read I mean, I, I'm really excited to have kids one day and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like the thing I'm most excited for is to just read to the children. Because I feel like that's, you know, books are so, I love, you know, I'm a reader, so I love that. Um, and I do have the dream of one day writing my own children's book about a cozy rodent. And so one day that'll happen. And I hope to be one day uh, sitting my children down and um, reading them about the cozy rodents. Anyway, moving on. Tamara is pissed um, that Shannon didn't reach out, and so she's finally talking to Eddie about it. Eddie hates Shannon. Eddie despises Shannon. He says she drinks too much. And of course, this is all happening at Cut Fitness, which they're selling. They are doing a party, I believe. Tamara says they're going to be having, a, I think, like a closing event, which is exciting because I remember the opening event. Remember when she told Jesus Jugs to get up and leave? Ugh. Ah, oh, you guys, chills, chills. That was the episode, remember, where Jesus Jugs was like, I had to go on Xanax for it, Lydia. I'm on Xanax now for it, Lydia. And then <laughs> I miss Jesus Jugs. Remember, she had to leave the Cut Fitness opening party she, and then revealed that she had to go on Xanax for it, Lydia. Oh, I hated Lydia, too. Anyway, uh, that is going to be fun. That's a full circle moment. So I'm devastated about Cut Fitness. You know, that's the, as the world turns, so do these businesses open and close, open and close. And so now one of the housewives businesses is closing. And we've been here a time or two before. There have been so many brands and housewife businesses said Ramona Pino Grigio is here one day and gone the next. One day we're all ordering Kathy Wakili's cannolis and the next day we're saying, where can I get them fucking cannolis? Who's Kathy Wakili? That's the next, what's happening the next day. Cause these businesses close one minute. Uh, Bethany Frankel's uh, selling her hawk and her skinny gal ham. And you can go into a grocery store and say, where's the skinny gal ham? And they'll point you in the direction of the skinny gal ham. And then the next day you go to the grocery store and say, where's the skinny gal ham? And they say, what the fuck are you talking about? And you think, you think, did I make up that business? That's what it's like to be a Bravo fan. You go into these stores and you think to yourself, did I just make that up? Was that a fever dream that she was selling ham? And it wasn't. I'm here to say it wasn't. It was an actual real life thing. But that, as Bravo fans, that's the kind of thing that we have to, that we're up against going into these grocery stores and saying, where's the Kathy Wakili cannoli? And they're like, who the fuck is Kathy? Who the fuck is Kathy? What's skinny gal ham? And you try to explain to the deli person running the deli counter, you say, well, it was a ham from this woman on Real Houses in New York. She branched off from her skinny margarita mix that's loaded with, uh, that tastes like piss water. And she allegedly, and she has a ham now. And the deli guy's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but why would you want ham marketed as skinny girl ham? And you have to say, well, it's part of her branding, right? And then they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then you got to leave with no ham in your basket. And then all of a sudden you're looking for the ham in the wild. It's nowhere to be found. So long story short, we've been in this position before. So the cut fitness is closing and I'm devastated about it, but uh, we are, at least it seems like she alluded to the fact that we might get this like closing party or something. But Eddie's there. He's selling all the stuff. He's selling all the workout equipment. And I mean, I can't even believe they show a f- flashback footage of Tamara doing the bodybuilding competition. And I can't even believe that we've been through so many female bodybuilding competitions on this show, on the franchise. Because, of course, we had Teresa over in Jersey. And I'm sure I'm missing some others. But didn't somebody else do a bodybuilding competition? I mean, it's shocking. I would have never thought that that would have happened when I first signed up to watch The Housewives. And then here we are uh, in Cut Fitness, and they're reminding me that we've been through a bodybuilding competition. I mean, this sh- these shows are fucking nuts. <laughs> Can you believe that we're just like watching these women create businesses and then closing the businesses and then doing bodybuilding competitions? I mean, the things that we've been through on these shows is shocking. 
It's shocking. Anyway, Eddie hates Tam or Eddie hates Sham Shannon Shamra. I was going to call her Shamra Shamrock Shannon. Whatever. I always think of Shannon as uh, the Kathy comic Ack Ack. Like that's always Shannon, just like ah, ah. when she was doing yoga. They kept showing last week's yoga class, and Shannon was just like falling over. She's like ah, I can't stand up yoga. Ah. And that's why I always just imagine her as a Kathy comic. Anyway, uh, Tamra says she reveals that there's always fighting between John and Shannon. John is, I guess, Shannon's significant other. When I did watch What Happens Live, Andy asked me, he's like, what do you think about Shannon and John breaking up? And I like could not even think. Like, I... Can't, couldn't even uh, I couldn't even feign excitement or interest in John and Shannon. I don't know why the two of them have zero interest in their relationship or understanding whether or not they're together. Like I couldn't care less about John and Shannon. And I did say that I do not care for Shannon, but I still am interested in watching her on screen. However, the stuff with her husband, boyfriend John, I just do not care about. I just glaze over, I gloss over, do not care. Do not care. Um, it's also revealed in the scene between Eddie and Tamara that Hip was mad at Tamara for calling her Shrek at the reunion uh, for Tamara's last season. Now, it's been happening on these housewives a lot, actually, that they've been calling each other Shrek because over on the Real House of Salt Lake City, uh, one of the other gals over there was called Shrek, Heather Gay. And so it's shocking to me. I would have never guessed in a million years that on multiple franchises there'd be some Feuds brewing because the women called each other Shrek. I mean, it's problematic to say the least, but it's something that we'll get to more hopefully in the future. I don't know if Tamara and Hip will end up discussing about the fact that she called her Shrek, but I don't know. I just recently rewatched the Shrek movies. Only one and two. That's where I draw the line. Uh, but I did watch it. I was shocked actually in the first one how much like farting and stuff there was. It was a surprising amount of farting. Anyway. Then we have the scene between uh, Hip and her husband, Barr, and they're driving. She's like, let's go to Taco Bell. And this is when we re- it's revealed that now Hip is going to be taking over the boat party because the boat was only available for that one day. So they go over to Casita's house and they pick up the shit for the party. Now, this is shocking to me because I guess she went and picked up the games, right? And then the games were never to be found. Wow. I'm just putting that together. Shocking. But Hip says uh, that Tamara never got the opportunity to get to know her, which we talked about. And again, uh, they've been on the season for five years. And how have they not gotten to know each other? I mean, this is not normal. This is not normal. And we're all just pretending it's normal for Hip and Casita to constantly say to every cast member, you never really had a chance to get to know me. And it's like, well, what have we been doing all these seasons, girl? What is going on? Now, do not pretend like we haven't had the time to get to know each other. So then we cut to the boat. And Heather arrives on this boat, on this tiny ass boat, and she's like, is there a penthouse? And they're like, well, there's an upstairs. Meanwhile, Taylor Armstrong from The Real House of Beverly Hills arrives. Enough! 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 Yes, enough Armstrong is back. She is back, and I'm excited for her here on Orange County. I mean, I I don't know what we're going to get from her. She's going to be a friend of. I don't know if she's getting confessionals, because she certainly didn't this episode. And that made me nervous. I thought, we... We need to have some respect. I mean, Taylor Armstrong started The Real Houses Beverly Hills, and we do need to have a little bit of respect for her. She launched that franchise. And so now she's here on Orange County, and she's a friend of not holding an orange and seemingly not getting a confessional, at least this week. And so what are we doing now? We need to have some put some respect on Taylor Armstrong's name. Because she has started, she had launched this whole, she's keeping the lights on over at Bravo. For all them seasons early on on The Real House of Beverly Hills, she kept the lights on at Bravo HQ. And so I'm going to just need all of us to collectively have some respect for this person. And so Tamara says that she met Taylor on the girls' trip. They had a good girls' trip. And uh, Taylor knows a lot of the other gals. She said she met uh, Shannon at some charity event or something. And I don't know. I'm excited to see her. Uh, Now, on this boat, there's a bartender named Eddie. A bartender named Eddie, and he teased us with taking off his blouse. And guess what I never saw? A nipple. Not once. Not once from this Eddie. He said in a scene, and somebody even had said to him, like, hey, are you going to take off your blouse? Like, take off your top and serve us some shots uh, topless. Right? Like, come on. We're on this tiny ass boat where it's windy. We need to see some uh, topless men. And then he never even took off the blouse. I was devastated. I was, honestly, I cried myself to sleep last night. 
I was crying in the shower because I couldn't believe that they teased us with this Eddie who looked like a very handsome gentleman. And I do not recall seeing not one nipple, not one, nothing. I didn't even see no bare breast on that man. He had the blouse on the whole time. And I certainly don't want to degrade that man, but I think it was wrong of Bravo to tease us with him showing a nip and then never to be seeing a nip. I mean, that was rude. Honestly, it was rude. And so I hope Eddie knows what he did. And I hope I hope someone over there is paying for their sins because I was expecting Eddie the bartender to take off the blouse. And he did not. He did not. Now, on this windy-ass boat, Jen starts telling this story about my youngest and adoption or something. Now, it's not just me who's completely zoning out every time Jen talks, because also Shannon zones out. Because as Jen is telling this story, Shannon's just looking at the mother boats, and she's like, oh, is that Joe or John? Now, I got confused because I don't really care for the boyfriend, John. I got confused. I was like, is his name Joe or John? But then it's revealed that like John has a son named Joe. And I find that to be really weird. Like at least have a little more creativity with the names. Ladies, am I right? I mean, what was going on with that? So your her boyfriend is named John. Am I getting this information correct? Is her boyfriend's name John, but then he named the son Joe? Like, can we think of other names? I mean, the most basic of male names now, I'm not saying he's got to come up with some creative, crazy name like Gwyneth Paltrow naming the kid Apple or some shit like that. I'm just saying maybe if your name is John, Joe is like we could get a little more creative, right? A little more Joe and John. I mean, come on. Or at the very least, I think it should just be if your name is John and you want to name the kid Joe, I would just be like, let's just name it him Joe or let's name him John and he'll be Junior. You know what I mean? Like, at least use the namesake then. But to have John and then Joe, I was like, oh, my God. Like, not, My name is Danny. It's not like I got some crazy-ass name. I just think that's something that we should have brainstormed a little bit longer. I'm not sure who was in the delivery room with John or whatever, the husband or boyfriend, Shan's boyfriend. But whoever is in the delivery room with the person who birthed that kid, I feel like they should have just some, like, maybe brainstormed a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. And maybe they did, and they landed on Joe for some reason that's out of my uh, viewpoint. But it seems crazy to me that he's a John, and then he names the kid the Joe. Like, can we do Let's come up with something else? Something else. Anyway, Shan's not even paying attention to this, Jen. She's just looking at the boat. She's like, is that, is that Joe? Is that Joe? Joe? John? John? Like, <laughs> she's like... The whole time. And Jen is trying to tell this like really intense story about like, yes, I was fostering my child and then I finally had a legal adoption. And Joe, is that John? John? <laughs> like a fucking seagull in the wind. Just a windy ass boat ride and just Shannon. John? Is that John? Like, <laughs> poor Jen. Poor Jen was just, and she didn't know how to handle it either. Jen is like just getting mad about it. And look, the it was windy and the waves were stressful. So I was sort of on Team Shannon with this one. I was. And because also I glass over too every time Jen's talking. So I was kind of on Team Shannon about this. John? Is that Joe? <laughs> Meanwhile, it wasn't even Joe or fucking John. I mean, it was probably someone named Joe or John because they were on a boat in Orange County. So I'm assuming that man on the boat was named Joe or John. However, it wasn't her Joe or John. And so she was just out there just, Joe? John? Just the whole time Jen's talking. I loved it. I loved it. And then uh, Jen didn't even know how to say it. I wish Jen would have said something to Shannon in the moment because that was a good opportunity for some conflict and some resolution. But instead, Jen was in over her head a little bit. She's a new housewife. And so she was too scared to say, like, how about you shut the fuck up or, you know, hush now, girl. Hush now. Girl? <laughs> hush now, girl. And she didn't say anything. She just sort of under her breath said something. And then later in the episode, I think she finally said something to Shannon. And Shannon's like, whatever. Like, Shannon didn't give a shit. Anyway, then we see Shannon and Heather talk separate. Jen and Taylor join them. And Taylor reveals something very shocking. Probably the most shocking thing in this whole episode. Truly the most surprising thing that I've ever heard probably on A Real Housewife. And I once once watched a woman throw her leg at a restaurant. But this, to me, was even more shocking. And that is when Taylor Armstrong revealed that she's been cast in a movie. So many questions. She says to Heather, and you know Heather was like seething. She says to Heather Dubrow, like, I want to go to acting classes. Can you take me to acting classes? Or can we do some acting exercise together? Some red leather, yellow leather? 
you know, that's an acting exercise, right? Like that's before I record, you got to say, I got to, before I get on the microphone, I say to myself, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. It's supposed to warm you up, get you in, get you talking. You know what I mean? And so Taylor Armstrong says to Heather, can you go to an acting class with me or can we do acting together? She's like, I booked a role in a movie and Heather's stomach drops. She immediately diarrheas in her pants because she is an actress at heart. This is her career, right? Before she was on The Real Housewives, she was an actress. She was doing The Jenny Show, a sitcom that she was cast in that only lasted a few episodes, but they're all on YouTube if you want to watch it. Jenny McCarthy's got a whole show that's on YouTube. And Heather played the best friend of Jenny McCarthy. And that's like her main, that was, but she was in a bunch of stuff back in the nineties and everything. And then of course, when the career stopped, she decided to go in the Real House of Orange County. And then as her star began to rise on the Real House of Orange County, she started getting booked again. Remember, she got Malibu County or Malibu Country or whatever the fuck that Reba McIntyre show was called. And so now Heather, I believe, would prefer to be on a sitcom or something, but instead she's got to do this show. And then here comes the friend of from Beverly Hills coming on Heather Dubrow's turf on this tiny ass windy boat and telling Heather Dubrow that she got cast in a movie and Heather's stomach immediately dropped. And she was doing the best acting of her career because she was trying to keep her face still. You know, I know she was trying her best. She knew that the camera was on her. She was gathering up all of her own acting training to be able to not show on her face that she was completely devastated that this woman, Taylor Armstrong, booked a movie, a movie, a movie. And Heather Dubrow did not book anything. And so you know Heather Dubrow is super pissed. But I have so many questions about what this movie is. What this movie is. Who is booking Taylor Armstrong in a movie? And I need to watch it because I'm concerned about what's... I mean, you know, I've always been proponent of putting these people in movies. However, I've always categorized these women in my head as like the actors and the non-actors. So on the acting side, I think you have Garcelle from Beverly Hills. You have Kim and Kyle Richards. We see them in things. Uh, But I do not consider uh, Taylor Armstrong as an acting person. Even someone like Lala on Vanderpump Rules. Saving! I consider her an actor, right? She's been in stuff a little bit, right? She was in something that uh, the row or whatever. But Taylor Armstrong, I'm like, her acting, I just could not wrap my head around it. And so I cannot wait for these acting classes. I cannot wait for this is going to activate Heather Dubrow more than anything. And I just know that Heather and uh, Taylor Armstrong are going to have a feud all season because no matter what the feud is about, what they say it's about later on in the season – We're all going to know that what it's really about is the fact that Taylor Armstrong booked a fucking movie and Heather DeRoe did not book a movie because you know Heather's seething about it. But I need to know what this movie is. I need to know. uh, I need to know. Then we cut to Emily and Tamara, and I played that clip where Emily's like, hip is like, we're the same person. It's like, I do not think so. And then that's when Heather, Heather starts spiraling because she just heard that Taylor Armstrong booked a movie. A movie! John! Joe, is that you, John? Anyway, <laughs> Heather just found out that Taylor Armstrong booked this movie role. And so Heather starts spiraling, and you could tell she gets a little tipsy. And Heather Dubrow doesn't normally get tipsy, but this is the first time in a long time that I really recall seeing Heather getting tipsy. And you know it's because that she was upset that Taylor Armstrong booked the movie. And so she comes over to uh, Hip and Tams as they're sitting down to talk, and she sits in between them, and she's trying to act all loosey-goosey, but you know inside she's just like complete inner turmoil. Like she's ready to go home and cry in the shower while Terry's wheeling around on that wheelchair outside the room in that, you know, Terry's probably in that house, in that big-ass house back at home trying to get some some goods from that garage where they have all the new shit. And he's like, Heather, where's the, you know, where's the TI calculators? And Heather's in the shower just crying like, find them your fucking self, Terry. You know, she's, <laughs> that's what I imagine happened when Heather got home uh, after this boat scene, just completely spiraling in her big-ass shower. That's probably the size of a locker room, like full locker room shower room, because uh, she was so upset, but she's trying to act on camera like she's loosey-goosey. So she sort of wiggles in between Tams and Hip and wiggles her way into a seat. And you just know she's fucking losing it. She's losing it. She's going to be home in an hour. And she's just going to be crying into Terry DeBro's arms and not his legs because they're in a wheelchair at this point. Because Terry, I don't know if we talked about last week, but he's got the wheel. He's had some sort of issue. Do you remember she wheeled the wheelchair into their fucking elevator at their house? They they did sell the house and apparently they bought something in Beverly Hills. But I I hope that we get another house tour. I hope we get another house tour. Whatever house they move into, I need to see it. 
And I also need to see what rooms they have with just brand new shit, like the Costco room. Uh, okay, so then the hip calls Heather an interrupter. She says, she's like, you need a hush now, girl. Stop interrupting. Girl. And then uh, we get all the gals. Oh, before we get all the gals together, Tamara says that Shannon should fuck a duck. She says she needs to fuck a duck. And then, oh, and speaking of, I don't know if you remember this, but in the premiere last week, Hip did drink from a dog bowl, right? She she drank water from a dog bowl. And then this uh, week's episode, we do see them all doing this montage of working out. Do you remember that? It was earlier in the episode, they were all working out. And we see Hip, she's trying to work out in the bedroom. She's trying to do some crunches or something. And the dog's just like taking a nap on her face. And so I actually have this theory. Now, bear with me for a second, because I do the Patreon page where I recap Sex in the City. So there's this thing called Patreon. There's links in the episode description I've talked about on the show before, but I'm recapping Sex in the City. In one of those recaps, it came up about this movie, The Shaggy Dog, where Tim Allen turns into a dog. And it's ba- it's a remake of a movie from maybe like the 60s or something. It's a Disney movie. But Tim Allen remade it in like 2006 or something. And Kristen Davis is in it. So this is a wild ride. I know. Bear with me here for a second. So anyway, it's this movie where Tim Allen turns into a shaggy dog. And then he's running around. And he's turning into a dog. And so I actually have this running theory that uh, Hip's storyline for the season is going to be Shaggy Dog inspired because the first episode she was drinking from the doggy dish. And now this episode, we see the dogs like interrupt. They're just doing a lot of hip and dog work. And so I'm just, I'm preparing myself because I wouldn't be surprised. And you heard it here first, folks. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple episodes down the road, we're finding out that Hip uh, is having a Shaggy Dog situation like Tim Allen did in the remake of that movie. And uh, I'm just saying, uh, just keep your eyes peeled because they're doing a lot of animal work. A lot of, an- and I'm not sure if that's what's going to be, or maybe Tamara's doing a lot of fuck a duck work. So maybe there's some sort of duck element. I-, I don't know. I don't know. But I'm saying we need to be prepared. We need to prepare for everything because oftentimes we think something like this won't happen on the show and then it happens. There's one thing I've learned from the Real Housewives over the years it's expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. And so they're, I think they're teasing us. They're setting us up for some sort of dog situation or duck situation. So I'm preparing all of us. Um, anyway, Tamara and Shannon, they're not getting along. Tamara's drunk too. She's like yelling at her and she calls Shannon an alcoholic. She's like, you're a liar and you're a drunk. And she was slurring it and I love that. I, there's nothing better than that. There's not. I'm sorry. There's just some like dramatic irony in somebody being drunk and calling somebody else a drunk. Oh, I love it. It's, it reminds me of uh, Real Houses of New York. Remember when they were on that cursed trip in Cartagena? And it was like Dorinda was yelling at Luann. She's like, why don't you get a mug shot? You got a mug shot. And she was like wasted. And I loved it. You're so drunk. You got to It's like dramatic irony. It's so uh, interesting to watch. Anyway, yeah, Tamara calls Shannon an alcoholic. You're a liar and you're drunk. And Shannon's like keeping her cool for once. Normally, I would think Shannon would be like, Ack, I'm not a liar. But she was maybe she was distracted. She thought she saw Joe and John on the boat again. Joe, John, is that you, Joe? John, John, is that Joe? You know, <laughs> I'll never get over that. Just in the middle of this like really intense story, just Shannon just looking at some someone driving around in a rowboat or just off camera, right out of frame. Anyway, Shannon was keeping it real chill. And then uh, as the episode ends. Tamara did say something like under her breath to Heather. She says, Heather, you never stuck up for me. And Heather's like, yeah, I did. And they're all a little tipsy. And then the episode ends. And I think they're setting us up. And I've heard in interviews and stuff, if you've been paying attention to stuff that's happened in off screen, I think Tamara and Heather have like a big feud going on. And so I think this is the start. They're planting the seeds for this Heather and Tamara feud. And it's going to be very interesting. going to be very interesting. Next week on the show, we get the acting coach scene. Get Heather's twins leaving for college. Tamara apologized to Shannon. Cut fitness closes. And then we get some Jen versus Tamara. I'm nervous about this Jen. Something's afoot with her. Something is afoot. And that's the end of the episode of The Real Houses of Orange County. What a fun time. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic. A North American company that 
thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right. And just a few thoughts about the Real Houses of Atlanta and the Real Houses of New Jersey. I'm struggling a bit with Atlanta this season. I don't know if anyone else is feeling that way. I feel like the chemistry is a little bit off with the gals. I don't know if it'll take them some time to really start to gel, but it's feeling like something's amiss for me. Also, the things that they're arguing about are super intense. And I usually like the intensity. And I'm someone as a housewife viewer who can handle a lot. You know, oftentimes in these shows, people say it gets so dark or it gets, and I, I sometimes think like I like that stuff, but the, and and there is drama happening in Atlanta. But I think what I'm struggling with is the the chemistry of it all, and it is very heavy. And so I'm just not. I'm hoping that it'll take some time and they'll find their footing again. But it's just not quite hitting for me. I miss Porsche. I feel like they need to. I they need to recast, in my opinion. I would bring Portia back. I wish they could bring Nini back. I just miss the Nini of it all, and I don't think they will because there's been uh, it's too much has gone on. I think between her and the network, it's seemingly. But I wish they could somehow find a way to bridge that gap. And so I'm struggling a bit with Atlanta. I'm sorry to say, I don't want to be a downer about it, but I just I'm not finding it very fun. And even last week, you guys. I had forgotten that it was on. And that never happens with these shows. But it was like Sunday came and I was like, oh, shit, I missed it live. Like, I didn't watch it. And so, I don't know. That's not – it doesn't bode well for us. It doesn't bode well for us. And also, people are finding Jersey. The reunion part three just ended. And a lot of people are finding that with Jersey. It's getting too dark. And there's – I don't like the PI stuff. Like, that makes me uneasy. I don't like these – whole things about smear campaigns and social media and ruining people's lives. Like I find that to be super dark sided too. And so the Louis of it all, it's just, I I don't even know how to talk about it anymore because it's just, it feels so much. The bright spots about the New Jersey reunion, I do have to say is I think uh, Rachel Fuda's husband, what's his name? John Fuda. I feel like he really stepped up in a way that it seems like everybody on that stage is very afraid of with seemingly all this private eye stuff, even Dolores, every time something came up with Dolores, with Frankie Jr. or with Louie and the investigations and stuff, it seems like Dolores knows way more and also has opinions on these things, but she shuts it down immediately. And I understand that because it's all, this is like real life stuff. This is, it feels like the stuff that's going on in Jersey is like life ruining stuff, right? And so I understand Dolores. It's frustrating to watch, though, as the viewer, because you're thinking, well, I I just think it's clear that Dolores has opinions and knows things that she just doesn't want to get into, whether it be with her own life or the situation with Louis and and Teresa and uh, Melissa and Joe. And I just I want her to speak up, but I also get it because it's not just like a fun reality TV program thing. It's like there are these this guy Bo Deedle's involved and all this stuff. Um, but Rachel Fuda's husband, I felt like he stepped up in a way that was interesting to me where he had strong opinions. And that's the most important thing on Housewives is for these people to have strong opinions. And so I felt good about that. I felt good about that. But in terms of the coming together of 
Melissa and Teresa, I just don't even know where we go from here. And I'm sad about it all. I'm sad about it. There's, I don't know where they go, but I hope they figure it out. Also just felt like it sort of ended. I felt like it just didn't get any wrap up. I was hoping for a resolution either between Teresa and Melissa or a stronger version of them going their separate ways. It just kind of felt like it left so open-ended. And I don't know, I just... They are airing it on Peacock. I didn't watch it. They're airing the uncensored version over on Peacock for the Real House of New Jersey reunion part three, which I think is a brilliant idea. And they did that with the Vanderpump Rules stuff. And now they're doing it uh, with some of these other reunions. And I think it's the best thing. I mean, Peacock is really offering a lot of stuff. We just watched that show based on a true story. Did you see this? Kaylee Cuoco? 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 I don't know how you say your last name. But her and Chris Messina, the hottest. I mean, I love Chris Messina. Oh, that man. Woo! Matt, turn on the fan! I love that man. He makes me hot. But uh, Christmas scene is in it. And it's kind of a frothy show, but I really enjoyed it. And there are a lot of plot holes I found. And so you got to check out your brain at the door. But I liked it way more than that other Kaylee Cuoco show, The Flight Attendant, which that show I felt like flopped after the first few episodes. And this show, we binged them all. They're half-hour episodes. Binged the whole season. And again, it's not perfect. And there's definitely plot holes. And I had some problems. But I really enjoyed the binge. Like, more so than I've enjoyed anything in a really long time, a binge. And so I encourage you to watch it. But Peacock's got some good stuff over there. And they got the uncensored reunions. And I feel like it's kind of an underdog when it comes to these streaming services. Because I don't know that I hear people talking about Peacock. And I find myself more and more hopping on a Peacock, logging in and watching old episodes of ALF and uncensored versions of these reunions. So uh, if you're not on the cock, get on the cock. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Thank you for... Uh, coming back to us. If you're listening to this episode, please hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen. It really helps the show out a lot. And I don't know if we have new listeners now, or I'm sure we lost a lot of listeners who aren't maybe uh, abreast with the Real House of Orange County, and maybe we're only tuning in for the scandal of it all. But if you did stick around, thank you. Uh, I love you all so much. Get those tickets. They're going really quick. EverythingIconic.com. Again, we have Nashville new tickets opened up. Cleveland new tickets opened up. We got DC is still available and we got San Francisco still available. The other cities are sold out and there's limited uh, availability for the other ones. So if you haven't gotten them, these shows are going to be in October. We're going to be recapping whatever's going on in the Housewife universe when this time comes. And there's going to be lots of fun stuff. And it'll also be right before Halloween. I think the... Nashville and San Francisco are like right before Halloween. I'm like, maybe we need to do some sort of costuming situation. At the very least, I'm going to, I know Bitch Sesh, they always do like a big Halloween costume party show. And uh, I, I don't know, there might be something funner. At the very least, I will be dressing up in something ridiculous. So that'll be fun. Uh, anyway, everythingiconic.com. And let's do our cheesy little cool down, which we haven't done consistently in a while. Because mostly I just forget. Because these episodes of Everything Iconic have been extra long lately. And so I feel like I've been forgetting. Um, so we do this cheesy, stupid little cooldown to catch our breaths. Started as a joke, and now it's serious because we all needed a minute to breathe. So take a deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in, hold it, breathe out. Now we got an actor coming on the show. We got John Slattery from Mad Men coming on the podcast very soon. I think he'll be on early next week, so check the podcast feed for that. And you can find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>